Hello, baby! Hello, all you rockers and rockettes and everything in between. You have entered the domain of and the podcast will rock. We are the show that dives into the catalog, the discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. I am one of your hosts, Mark Kamayer, one year older, one year wiser. That's up for some debate, but that's cool. Uh, but joining me, as always, is Corey Morissette. Corey how's the weather it's great it's really great you know no coach needed this week and it's been a rough week mark i gotta tell you a lot of a lot of work stuff a lot of family stuff i've just been baby stepping my way to wednesday night where i could sit here with you uh in my wiser special blend and my coke zero and just rock out to some van halen and have some fun so i need tonight i've been really really looking forward to it well, I mean, happy to oblige. I did not get so fancy with my beverages. I went with the uh, classic genuine draft. Oh, very uh, nice. And it's, and it's a little bit too uh, foamy for my taste, but whatever. It is what it is. That right there is uh, what was left behind for, from uh, a cavalcade. <laughs> of different assorted uh, beverages and treats from the uh, the birthday party that I just uh, hosted with my lady. It went uh, it went off like gangbusters, and I appreciate all involved, and I appreciate everyone, everyone that gave uh, some birthday wishes. You made a guy feel real special, so thank you. Well, yeah, I'm glad that you had a good party, and uh, you're not too worse for wear this week because kind of a big show tonight. It is a big show tonight. We... Are, uh, this is one of the uh, annual shows uh, that we do every month where we are not alone. We have a guest with us. We have a special guest uh, here on the panel for the Van Halen podcast, Will Rock. I don't know. We're going we're gonna to think of a uh, quippier name for, for our uh, panel, but uh, you, you get what I'm saying. Point is, we have a guest. Corey, please, will you do the honors of introducing our guest well, you know what? Uh, a while back, we kind of reached out to everybody on, on who listens to the show and said, hey, uh, you know, if you ever feel the need and you'd like to come on the show, uh, by all means, reach out. And uh, our guest tonight was the very first one to do so. Uh, and he goes by the name of David Brown. David, how's it going today? Hey. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, pleasure to be here. It's great. Um, yeah, um, I'm not anybody very well known or important, but uh, I sure do love the show. And um, I'm a giant huge van halen fan so uh i'm just ready to rock and roll with you guys you know we're not well, important either important. a lot of a lot of <laughs> listeners will will uh, affirm that for us but uh, uh I, I really loved your initial email huge van halen fan evh is your favorite guitarist uh and you're a guitar player yourself are you yeah yeah i'm no evh but uh you know i love them i try to do some tapping here and there but uh i can't do anything he does but who can Exactly. Very few can. It, it, it takes uh, quite the virtuoso to replicate uh, the, the sort of things our dearly beloved uh, uh, Edward Van Halen could do. But hey, look, you might not think that you're someone special, but we think you're someone special because you're a fan, <laughs> of, the, you're a fan of the show. You, uh, you, you are very supportive. And so here you are as a, uh, as a panelist, and we are happy to have you. So thank you for tuning in, and thank you for being here. All right. Now, Mark, it's special for another reason, too, this show. Is it? Yeah, on this date in Van Halen history. Uh, we, we've been hitting some milestones as we've been recording lately, but it was seven years ago, as we record this on March 30th, uh, 2015, 
where Van Halen with David Lee Roth did, they performed their first ever TV concert with David Lee Roth on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And uh, fans are going to remember this show because this is the show where uh, David Lee Roth started doing his, uh, his mic stand pyrotechnics at the beginning of Panama and cut the bridge of his nose uh, quite badly too. And uh, I actually got, and this isn't going to help the audio listeners much, but if you if you can, load up the clip on YouTube. I have it here for, for the folks on the panel panel here tonight. If you guys want to watch a little bit of it, uh, th- this is some uh, fan cam footage of uh, David Lee Roth cutting his nose uh, on the Jimmy Kimmel show on his mic stand. So if you guys are ready, you want to check this out? Oh, well, yeah. All right. Well, we are here in Hollywood. It has been a long road. So the band looks great right off the hop there. Right? Famous resplendent in his Canadian tuxedo with the denim jacket and the denim pants. Together for the first time, Van Halen. No shirt, first time. Right, so they're kicking into Panama. Here he goes. Still incredible. He's right about there. Caught himself right on the nose. He reaches for his coat right away. But Ember's a professional. Like, it takes him a while before he actually tonight that Dave uh, cut his nose. <laughs> well, at least he wasn't being like a, you know, a drama queen about it. And he wasn't doing anything that was just uh, uh, escalating the situation. He just simply said like, Hey, here's what it is. Sorry. <laughs> I cut myself. Give me a second. I'll be right back. Uh, you know, he didn't just be like, I cut myself. We're not doing this. I'm done. I'm out of here. He didn't pull an Axl Rose. Uh, uh, apologies to the GNR fans is fine. <laughs> but uh that's funny though. It honestly, if you weren't like really looking for it, you'd miss it. You'd absolutely miss mm-hmm. when it happens. And, uh, and I honestly, maybe it's just because of the camera footage. Uh, but I, I didn't notice anything was awry really until that close up where it's the blood is on his chest, his bare <laughs> chest, mind you, as Corey said, his, the, the man's wearing a tuxedo or a Canadian tuxedo denim on denim, but there's no shirt underneath because he's a rock star. You don't wear shirts. <laughs> and uh 
you know, and so thus <laughs> he, he made himself his own bloody shirt well, from the blood from his nose. But hey, ever the professional, as you say, went back out there, got all taped up. That that'd be the funniest part. It's like enjoy this first t- uh, TV show performance that we're doing, uh, and my nose is my nose is taped up because I hit myself with the microphone. You know, you uh, at least he it. wasn't swinging a uh, a sword like he was in the uh, music <laughs> video, right? Yeah. It could have been a lot worse. True. Point, yeah. Cut an oh. ear right off or something. Yeah. yeah. I wonder maybe if, uh, you know, in Van Halen lore, maybe he, uh, he, he wanted to as a special sort of like surprise, like I'm busting the sword out and someone said, Hey, maybe don't, maybe don't bust out the sword. You can do anything else, but put that sword away. He's like, Oh, okay, fine. Well, it won't be as cool. Nothing bad will happen to me now, you know, with, without my sword. Did it. Yeah. Well, I remember watching that uh, on Kimmel that night. So, oh, Van Halen's going to be on. This is going to be great. And you're watching Dave perform, and like the band sounds great, and you're looking forward to the performance. You see that big band aid on his nose yeah. through the whole performance. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? Like, I had forgotten that this happened. Uh, so it's that was really cool that it happened to fall upon this day, and uh, that we had that footage. That's really cool. So does that mean we're going to get a classic Dave cut tonight, Mark? Uh, knowing how the wheel has been lately, it's been. Uh, you know, very Dave, uh, Dave heavy. It's so. it's clear that the wheel is is biased. I think that, or at least the the wheel really wants to hear certain songs, uh, certain singers, shall we say? And but every once in a while it throws us a bone, and then every once in a while it just completely derails us. Uh, apologies, Gary Sharon. Anyway, but <laughs> I just I, I just I just have to I have to speculate now. I don't think we're getting a Dave tune. I think because we watched that and because we got a classic Dave tune last week, we are not getting Dave, but I don't think we're getting Sammy either. I think, I I think the wheel is going to go ahead and say, happy birthday, Mark. Here's two fingers. Call me in the morning. I'm holding (laughs) two middle fingers and he's going to give us a Gary Sharon tune. That's what I think. We got David here tonight and and maybe David's going to, uh, cod drop something nice on the wheel. If you had your choice, my my friend here, what would you want to uh, hear tonight from Van Halen? Well, you know, I'm a fan of, well, there's only two eras. The Gary Sharon era is just a, a weird in-between thing that doesn't really, it's just an album. It's not anything. But uh, so I, I'm not really biased on either end, but I think I'd like to hear something off for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. Um it's such a, it's a, I know that you guys are kind of torn between some of the tracks, but it's a, just a kick-ass album to me. It, it has a couple duds, but uh, I just, if I heard something off that, it'd be great. But, uh, you know, I'm ready for anything, so. Oh, we, we've been calling for uh, for Unlawful for quite a while now. Uh, oh, I've yeah. been dying to hear one of those tracks. And some of my favorite Van Halen stuff is from that album. So mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. I'd love to hear something from uh, for Unlawful. Mark? Uh, do you want to venture like you you kind of venture to guess is there anything you'd like to hear i'm with you i really want to hear some from unlawful uh but i i just don't think the wheel is going to be kind to us on that um be positive. Be positive. i would love Come to on. hey I, look i want to i want to be wrong see this this is the strategy Corey. if i keep <laughs> saying the wheel is not going to be nice it will we so, might get spanked. Uh, uh, we're, yeah, so, we're just gonna get. You know, no, we're just gonna, me. just gonna. Yeah, it's it's gonna come after us with a vengeance. So you know, it's anybody's guess. It would All be right. nice though. Well, if you guys are ready, I'm gonna give it a few little shuffles here. 
Just to make sure we're good and mixed up. This is what we do. You're getting an inside look at what we do here, uh, Dave. Yeah. It's a real will, guys. It's a real will. Thank you. Thank you for confirming. It's a real will. I don't, even though, even though we tweeted out, we show you that the wheel exists, people still are like, it's not a real wheel. You get, this is, this is bogus. Currently still 101 songs on it. We don't have the instrumentals on there. We're going to go to cross that bridge when we, when we come to them. Uh, But we got Mm -hmm. a couple of, uh, uh, tracks that were only released in Japan on there now. So we're still over 100 at 101 currently. Shuffle, 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 and we'll turn things over to Mr. Hagar. Here we go! I was wondering when we were going to get an OU812 song. We were so close to a 5150 track. <laughs> you know what? We had 5150 on either side. We had dreams on the bottom and get up on the top. So I uh, know oh, that would, mm, man, but it's, but uh, no, we're, we're, we are, we're going straight to, uh, I'm sorry. Well, I just lost the track. Where, where'd it go? AFU naturally. There wired it is from OU812. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, David, any Next. recollections on this song? Uh, if I remember correctly, this song is a complete shredder, um, hence the name. Um, and I, I think it's going to be great. I don't remember that it's one of the greater songs on the album, uh, which I mean, OU812 is filled with great songs. So that's mm-hmm. really, a, a you know, that's pretty hard to beat, but, uh, you know, I'd like to have my memory refreshed because I can't quite remember. But if I if, if I can recall anything, the main riff is really busy, and it and it's it's awesome. So, you know, I'm ready when you guys are. Awesome. It's been a long time since since I've heard this one, Mark. Uh, I know uh, OU812 is a favorite of yours. Does this track uh, stand out to you? It doesn't stand out, no. But I have heard it. I do. I am aware of it. I think Dave's right that it does. Uh, it is kind of a shredder. But even even so, it doesn't stand out as one of the uh, kind of big player tracks from this album. But that's because look what it's competing against. You know, when it's love. You know, and Cabo Wabo and uh, Black and Blue and things of that nature. But I mean, it's it's. Uh, but I, if I remember, I do. I do recall it being a, a, a decent track. I just don't have, it doesn't really stand out in my mind too much. What about you, Corey? Uh, kind of the same. Like uh, it's, it's been a long time since I've heard OU812. Uh, that's not really my go-to Sammy album, but like you mm-hmm. mentioned, a lot of classic stuff on here, but I do remember uh, liking this one quite a bit. Uh, track number three on uh, side one for all you vinyl lovers, it came right after When It's Love. So I remember it being kind of a nice, a nice ramp up uh, from kind of the power ballad of when it's love. So what do you say, mm-hmm. guys? Should we jump right into AFU naturally wired? We're going oh, yeah. into Sammy kit territory. <laughs> you know, I love it. Here we go. Just a quick, uh, I love Alex's uh, snare sound and I love his, his, his drumming and, they they the drums sound great on this album and you, you can't say that about a lot of albums from like 1988 era but um <laughs> you know they they really did a great job i i thought with the drum sound on this on this record and on this track especially on the mm-hmm. interior it's a really smooth mix uh so far i dig that 
Yep. Uh, listed producers are Van Halen and uh, Don Landy, who is, of course, the engineer of course. in the Ted Templeman years. And, uh, of course, he worked on uh, 5150 as well. So you guys are good. We'll keep on rolling here. Mm-hmm. It's interesting uh, because this is the uh, track that follows When It's Love. When It's Love being, I would argue, their biggest ballad. Uh, may, maybe not the biggest, but it's one of their like big hits, one of their you know most recognizable uh, uh, rock ballads that they ever did. And um, this is a complete juxtaposition of what that song is. And I got I got to feel like it's by design. Because uh, it's like it's like the band saying, yeah, yeah, we're capable of this. We got Sammy. Sammy loves a love song. We know this. But now it's time to rock. Like, oh, let me just let me just get in here. And so and that's that's kind of what uh, uh, Eddie is doing with, with that whole opening riff. You know, he's just it's like, oh, yeah, we got we got the slow stuff out of the way. Now it's time to just kind of rage a little bit or maybe not rage, but definitely it's like, let's cook. OK, let's let's cook it up a little bit. And even Sammy when he comes in with his little, his high pitched kind of uh, howling, he's reminding you that it's still Sammy Hagar, you know? Um, so I, I really dig the, uh, the juxtaposition there with this track already when it follows uh, what is possibly one of their biggest songs. That's a, a love ballad. They were going to initially name this album rock and roll. Um, according to Eddie Van Halen. Um, and you know, you can see why, uh, not that anything else they did wasn't rock and roll, but, uh, I mean, they, I guess they thought this album was going to be their straightforward rocker and who knows, maybe they had some ballads just kind of peppered in there or whatever, but, uh, you know, this is living proof that they can just be balls out rockers whenever they want to. Mm. Yeah. This one and source of infection, I, I remember being kind of in, in the same vein, uh, even, uh, you know, try to like finish what you started, kind of, you know, veered off the beaten path a little bit. And of course, uh, uh, when it's love and, and they did, uh, their only cover on this, uh, album, a, a political blues, which was only on the CD version, not on the vinyl version. Uh, but yeah, the, you know, maybe trying to capture a little bit of the, uh, of the, uh, David Lee Roth sound, uh, with this musically, perhaps. I could hear that a little bit. Um, and that's not to say when it's love doesn't rock because it does. It's it's a rock ballad for sure. Uh, but this is obviously a very different uh, shift. You might be right. You might be onto something there, with, uh, Corey. I, I, again, can't say for sure because not an expert. Um, well, look at they, the album lo- title. Yeah. Also, yeah. Oh, you ate one too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Smile. You know. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's, just, it's a direct jab. It's yeah. A- <laughs> I love it. All right, let's keep it rocking. Ninety days on the road. 
I gotta give it to Sammy for uh I see the note he was trying to go for. It wasn't quite there. <laughs> but this is uh this is the day and age before autotune, ladies and gents. Uh, uh and even if autotune was kind of on the precipice, they didn't use it. So what you're hearing is just raw vocals. You know, I don't know how many times in the studio Sammy had to do this particular take, but uh I mean hats off to him for going saying, you know what, close enough. That's good. That's the one we're keeping. I'm not doing that again. Because <laughs> in my brain, I like to think Sammy just did that uh, that one in one take, and then maybe maybe the producer said, "Hey, that's good. You think you got one more in you just to really jump on that note?" <laughs> nope. Okay, cool. Well, let's move on. Uh, uh, but yeah, hats off to you, Sammy, for that one because that's still a ri- ridiculously high note. And um, and even though it wasn't quite quite there, at least the note I think he was trying to go for still works now i got two guitar uh, players on the panel here tonight let's start with david uh your thoughts on uh, what eddie's uh, pumping out here well you know this is what i remember of the main riff is that it's i mean he's just tearing it up um one thing that eddie van halen doesn't get well you don't really ever hear a lot of guitar players talk about with him um but i always thought was very impressive his use of arpeggios and and his choice of notes uh, when he rings out with things like that, they're really creative and they're always incredibly melodic. And, you know, I mean, he's obviously a master of many things, but there's something about the arpeggiations that he does with, with certain things that it fills in the gaps perfectly with the band. And that's something that, it's maybe overshadowed. He's obviously a killer lead player, a great rhythm guy. Um, he has to be He's the only one playing guitar, but uh, that's just something that kind of falls by the wayside. Well, that's interesting. And uh, I wanted to ask uh, this about Eddie, because I'm reading Greg Renoff's book, Van Halen rising. And we're, I'm at the point in the book now where he's they're, they're cutting the demo with Gene Simmons and Gene was trying to get him to overdub a lot. And uh, Eddie just, couldn't get it wasn't a fan of it and and never really did it kind of past that um does that kind of factor into that to what you were just saying there dave um possibly um i've got i brought this like stack of my books here i've got this book that is fucking awesome you can still find it for really cheap it's a van halen it's just it's a bunch of guitar world interviews of eddie van halen which of course there's a million of them and it's just all of them compiled in a chronological order and he constantly talks about especially on the first two albums, they would just track everything live in the studio. And if it needed a guitar part under the solo, he would go in and try to play something under there that maybe fit if it was like, you know, something that needed like a a little extra melody. But for the most part, he liked to just keep it live because he didn't write, you know, a rhythm part underneath, you know, Um, he would just, that that's what it sounded like live so that's what you're gonna get listening to it um so i'm not sure if that was something 
that was an issue with him or, you know, maybe him and Alex were just so used to jamming it out for hours on end that that was how it always ended up like, okay, well, here's the lead spot. You do your thing. I'm going to do mine. We'll, we'll meet back in the middle at some point. Um, he called it uh, falling down the stairs and landing on your feet. That's what he, that's what he <laughs> references that, which, you know, that's a pretty good little uh, metaphor for his playing sometimes. Uh, Mark, I, I know you got lots to say about the guitar, but I wanted to throw this out here too. Uh, not hearing a lot of bass uh, in the mix. Uh, no, <laughs> it's a, that's a very, that's a very good uh, observation. Cause yeah, that's uh, the, the bass is not standing out whatsoever. Um, not really. <laughs> I mean, some people might even say, Oh, good. It's not supposed to. And like, well, but I would disagree with a band like this, especially, you know, considering who's on bass. Um, but th that raises another question, you know, Corey, who's on bass. That's, that's become like a new sort of a fun segment of the show as it turns <laughs> out, because oftentimes we think we know who's on bass, the obvious answer. And then turns out, Nope, it was him or it was this guy or, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I don't know who's on base on this one, but I have to imagine it's um, <laughs> it's probably not Eddie because no. if it were Eddie, I feel like it would stand out a lot harder. You know, it would be a lot more prominent. And uh, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure this is Michael Anthony on the whole album. And I think the theory is, and again, I'm speculating, which people hate, but I think the theory is that this is kind of when the Van Halen brothers were getting a lot more disenfranchised with, with Michael Anthony, and maybe this mm. is kind of a sign of the uh, the animosity maybe between. Uh, the brothers and Michael Anthony that they kind of brought him down in the mix a little bit, but uh, I, I don't have any proof of that. Certainly kind of seems like that there's some merit to that theory. Uh, we just, from listening to this alone um, again, you, like you, I have no proof in the matter. I have you know nothing to stand by that statement. We, we can only speculate and theorize. Um, David knows. I bet you David knows. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, do, do, yeah. Do, what does it say in your, in your books, David? <laughs> well, in, in, in this book, he always, when he's in a good mood about Michael, uh, like maybe it's, you know, an era where the band's not squabbling. He says that he just teaches him the important parts and lets him do his thing otherwise. But then there's parts in the book where he'll reference the same album and he'll say, well, I have to show him everything. Yeah. So, you know, it's a revisionist history at that point. Um, yeah. I think if Eddie were playing on it, he'd be matching himself note for note. Uh, it seems like these kind of busier riffs, that's what he tends to do because he can and he will. Um, but we'll just have to assume it's Michael. He's, he's credited. Yeah. He's awesome. Um, I mean, he, he's obviously singing. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, you can't mistake that. He's putting no, his best no. foot forward regardless. Yeah. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Thank you. 
killed that snare sound. Maybe I was tuning into it a little too hard, but that time it felt like the the bass was a little more prominent. Maybe it was just because Michael's doing. Uh, he decided to venture out in this verse. Maybe, I, know, I was still struggling uh, or, to hear it. I was I was I was trying for it, but it, yeah, it's, I don't it's know. Yeah, like, uh, maybe maybe it was just because, like I said, I was just really like tuning in to listen to hear it. Uh, I was like, oh, there it is. Cool, cool. Got it. Got it. Got it. Oh, that's what he's doing. All right, whatever. Um, but I do also, I uh, speculate that uh, going from the uh, what you said about Eddie not doing the uh, overdubbing, I don't think he I don't think he overdubs here whatsoever. I think if anything, it's uh, him and Alex playing live. Oh, uh, that's, sure. that's what it sounds yeah. like, because, yeah, because uh, the guitar sounds and this is not a this is not a jab at Eddie's tone or his playability whatsoever obviously why would i do that but it's not as full as it would be if there was another dub on top of it um i mean that's that's why you do that that's why you do the the double tracking uh to give it a fuller sound a wall of sound if you will his guitar doesn't have a, a wall of sound so to speak it's just this is what he's doing we're tuning you know we're, we're turning up all the levels on eddie as he's playing all the stuff but it, it just it does not feel like he did any uh, overdubbing or any doubling whatsoever. It's just, nope, this is it. The only doubling you'll probably hear is when the solo comes in and if there's some rhythm guitar underneath. Mm -hmm. Which even then, and David, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, at this point in their career, I don't think he did a ton of. Uh, well, it seems like on 5150 and OU812 and maybe even a little bit of 1984, that's when he started venturing into doing, doing more overdubs. Um, and he talks about it in, in this book of interviews. Um, it became something where it was a little more necessary. Um, and he started doing it as a songwriter and not as like just a studio nerd, which, you know, I'm sure he had his own studio. I'm sure he was that as well. But, uh, mm -hmm. but I, I wonder if, uh, I mean, just like Mark was saying, you can kind of tell it just sounds like they're just, I mean, him and Alex are just playing off of each other in this song at least. So I don't know if there's a whole lot of studio magic with them or if it's just them, you know, press and record and Hey, let's just jam out this, these riffs we wrote and we'll piece them together and make a song or, or who knows. And you can kind of say that with a lot of this album, like uh, mm -hmm. finish what you started is another song where it just sounds like they just went in the studio. I, I think you even hear the count in on that right before Eddie starts playing and it's just, true, you know, yeah. kind of cut it in one, in one take type of thing. So that maybe is kind of, you know, when it's level, obviously, is a little more polished and put together uh, in the studio. But you know, <laughs> there, there's a few songs on here that are just like, let, let's just go in there and rip it like we used to in the backyard days. And uh, it's working. Mm. Oh, yeah.
I, I got to say, when Eddie started launching out of that, both guitar players on the panel just started smiling to beat hell and nodding their head like, yep, yeah, here we oh, go. Yeah. This fucking kills. That was like, it was, well, it was both. It was uh, Sammy to, uh, utilizing his uh, very, very much 80s uh, metal singer sort of like high falsetto, <laughs> yeah. like howling. I mean, like he's just going straight for it, t- t- uh, channeling his best rob halford or uh bruce dickinson or something like that <laughs> um it works see that works those notes were on it he was on at that time so good job sammy but yeah the solo i mean it's a van halen solo but it's like it's also it, it rips i don't really i don't have a lot to say about it really i mean that's like the uh the, the samplers platter of eddie van halen shred techniques you know, you could play that for somebody. This is what this guy is capable of. Um, did I hear him and Sammy matching each other note for note at the beginning of that solo when he sure was doing good. those falsettos? Um, so I could hear the bass in that also, um, finally, because, you know, yeah. it's not, there's not all this guitar. Um, and Mike's doing some pretty cool stuff there. Uh, I mean, nothing nearly as cool as uh, Eddie, obviously, who's just tearing it up. But, uh, what he's playing underneath it was was great. So, uh, you know, we got to give him a little bit of credit there. Oh, totally. And we mentioned on the show quite a bit, we're big fans of Mike Anthony and his bass playing, and he's currently flying the flag of Van Halen because nobody else really is, right? Him and Sammy, they, uh, Mike's actually taken to doing some of these songs live. He's, he does Running With The Devil and a couple others oh, with, uh, with Sammy Hager in the circle. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to be trashing uh, Michael Anthony too hard on this podcast. <laughs> no, we're nah, you, guys, you guys never do. Um, you know, <laughs> there's one thing that I can say about Eddie Van Halen is he's kind of a fluke when it comes to guitar players. Um, you know, like, I don't mean it in a bad way, obviously, but he, he was sort of destined to just be Van Halen and be the guitar player of the, I mean, besides the name. Um, but like when you hear him like the solo and beat it that's pieced together mm-hmm. uh, you know and, and any of the stuff that he he guessed it on which wasn't really a whole lot you would you would think any other guitar player of, of his ilk would be all over the place he's kind of this this flash in the pan once in a lifetime person that can only play this style which i mean is is, is amazing and any guitar player i think that's why there's so many guitar players that wanted to sound like him, but they weren't, they didn't have whatever crazy thing was going on in his brain that made him just naturally be able to play like this. You know, he's just this once in a lifetime person. And I mean, it, he's just incredible. It's amazing, isn't it? And uh, I think of a guy like George Lynch, who um, after hearing Eddie Van Halen just worked and worked and worked he realized like I, I can never get to that level but he, he tried his ass off he's one of the one of the greatest guitar players of that era i would say like yeah uh, george lynch is fantastic but um yeah he just he can never quite get to that level he always wanted to be eddie van halen and just couldn't quite reach it well eddie van halen probably couldn't tell you what the phrygian scale was or like <laughs> you know or any of that he probably could just he could play it i'm sure but he's just this guy that just knew the notes that sounded great and could just fucking play you know <laughs> to be fair there are there are a lot of really skilled musicians out there that uh would completely look at you blankly if you started mentioning you know the mixolydians and the <laughs> oh, me. And, and, i mean yeah like and i look i 
I dealt with those scales in, in school, but man, if you told me to point them out to you right now, I'd be like, go fuck yourself. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> that was music theory was my Vietnam. So I'm not, I'm not yeah. going back there. Yeah. 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 But, uh, I guess, uh, my whole thing is uh, Eddie found his formula. He found Mm -hmm. his formula early on, I think, and uh, just sort of expanded it and broadened it, but it's still very much his sound. That's why, that's why nobody else can, can replicate it. Like not even, uh, not even Wolfie can replicate it. I don't think he wants to uh, and good for him, but I mean, like he, when a certain musician finds their particular formula of the, the sound that they, uh, want to have it's uh it's it's hard to go outside of it you know it's hard to just sort of just say okay cool i have this now let me go venture over here and do this other thing and you know because then people won't know it's you and yeah, so maybe that sure. maybe there's an e- maybe there's an ego thing uh with it um i have to imagine if you're a guitar aficionado and virtuoso like eddie van halen there's a lot of ego that comes with it. Yeah. Uh, the more, the more and more we hear stories about the, you know, the brothers and their sort of, uh, 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 whatever you call it with, uh, former members and, you know, current members, what have you, it, it seems like ego kind of got in the way a lot. It's fine because it's mu- musicians. What are you going to do? It happens, especially mm-hmm. when you're on, especially when you're uh, a top tier, uh, rock band and yeah, if you are Eddie Van Halen, how are you not supposed to have an ego? But I'm just saying, but again, that's speculation, but I have to imagine that with him discovering his formula, finding it, sticking with it, you're not going to find him do that on a lot of other, uh, like, like guest tracks. You pointed out Dave that he, he didn't do a lot of guest spots, like probably because they didn't want it to sound too much like Van Halen, but he's like, well, this Mm -hmm. is what I sound like. So deal with it. Or maybe it was his thing. It's like, well, I do this. You want me to do that. I don't, that's not what I do. I don't know. Um, but it just, it just feels like, you know, you find your niche, you stick with it. Is that why, like, I I don't know much about guitar, but is that why a guy like Slash fits in maybe a little bit more, uh, doing guest spots and stuff like that than a guy like Eddie Van Halen? It's not to say that Eddie himself wasn't, uh, dynamic, um, obviously he, he, he has a shitload of dynamics in his guitar playing, but I would, I would say in this instance, yes, probably Corey, um, because slash, uh, slash, you, you know, a guns and roses song when you hear it, but if you've got an equally good guitar player to play what slash is doing, do you really notice that it's not slash? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's and I'm again, I'm not I'm not uh, speaking ill of Slash's ability to play. I'm just saying Slash never e- exactly found his particular uh, brand of sound. It He had uh, like the Guns N' Roses as a whole had their sound and, you know, they found it and that was cool. But I mean, Slash didn't have a particular tone that was identifiable, you know, Eddie Van Halen's tone, uh, uh, mm. uh, you know, uh, Queen's tone based on um uh, uh i'm Brian blanking May. on his name why thank May. you brian mays yeah it, and his tone was very specific because i think he built his own pickups but you know anyway but i mean there are certain players they just have that um so yeah to answer your question i think so yes the thing about <clears throat> there's something about 
Eddie Van Halen that's like Slash is a kind of sloppy player. I mean, yeah. and he, he's mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, but th- there's a kind of sloppiness to him, but it's it's a little different. It's it's Eddie Van Halen has it's not sloppy, it's almost just like a I could do this in my sleep. Uh, you know, like it, it's it's, it's a little yeah it's like he could be cooking dinner and playing this shit on the guitar at the exact same time (laughs) you never saw him like biting his lip you know bending the notes or anything he was smiling laughing and jumping the whole time like it was just like oh cool i get to play guitar for an hour in front of these people great here check out this shit i can do you know it's like muscle like muscle memory in his fingers even though like he creates it's like once he creates (laughs) it there it is he has it so it's always going to be there um, yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying. Awesome. Well, we got 55 seconds left in the track. Let's get back to it. Naturally. That's AFU Naturally Ooh. Wired from OU812, released May 24th, 1988, by the mighty Van Halen. Uh, you know what? what? Why don't we give David the, the first vote here tonight? David, of course, if you've listened to the show before, you know uh, we give her uh, that's what dreams are made of, or this dream is over. So when you are ready, cast your vote. Well, it's probably no secret, but... uh. <laughs> everybody fire on this i know we we can barely hear the bass but when you can it's 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 killer and you know we didn't talk much about sammy um there's not much to say about him that hasn't been said uh, but his vocals soaring vocals i mean even at the end he's riding the song out and it's just i mean it sounds like he's on top of a mountain or something. I mean, it, it's incredible. It really is. And I, I'm glad you brought up Sammy because we didn't talk much about him. And he sounds fantastic on this track. And uh, well, he always sounds fantastic. He still sounds fantastic. But oh, lyrically, yeah. I, I was impressed too. I really like kind of the, the story he was telling with this song and uh, everything sounded cool. He sounded great. Um, but I got to say that this is probably my least favorite Sammy album. So I got to give this song a... <laughs> If you're a Van Halen fan, you can't downvote this song. And I know there was some, you know, we did Panama last week, and I think one or two people actually downvoted Panama. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? How damaged <laughs> we, we are knew you as a human We knew being? it was going to happen. We oh, knew it was going to happen. But, but this is another one. How can you downvote this? It sounds amazing. Yeah, I'd like a little more bass because I'm a Michael Anthony fan, but the drums sound amazing. Eddie's on fire. Sammy's on fire. Lyrics are great. Uh, the, of course, this is absolutely what dreams are made of. And Mark, I, I can just venture a guess what, what you're going to say here. 
we didn't talk a lot about Sammy because usually if a guy is uh, just on point the whole time, it, you know, needs not be said, you know, you don't have to venture out into that. Just like uh, I didn't talk much about Alex because Alex was solid throughout this whole thing. He even got a, he got a few little fills in there, like real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, Also the way this song ended, I, I firmly believe that, my, my original theory that Eddie and uh, Alex were playing this, you know, live uh, just to, like, if, if no, if no, no one else, just them two uh, in the studio. So mm-hmm. um, just based on, based on how that ending went, but look, Sammy <laughs> Hagar, I, I don't want to, how can you listen to this song of all the Sammy? I mean, Sammy has so many tunes with Van Halen, but how can you listen to this and not just think this dude is so damn good? Okay, like he even the note he didn't quite hit. He still hit a very, very high note. And it's impressive. Um, He the way this song ends with him and his upper register really high. That's not easy to do. Dave rarely did that. Okay, and I know their vocal styles are very different. I get it. But I mean, everyone's on. uh, Everyone's always, you know, pro pro diamond dave and i'm pro diamond dave too but at the same time like this is why this is a prime example of why i always concede to the fact that sammy's the better vocalist man he just is um you we can have the argument about lyrics all the live long day that's fine um but even when it's not their strongest song even when they are following one of their biggest hits with a track like this sammy is still completely on point we've already gushed enough about uh about uh, Eddie, of course, because we're going to. Um, but Alex is super impressive in this, just uh, being a solid drummer. I am impressed more and more every time we listen to a track and we actually listen to what he's doing. Uh, but come on, Sammy Hagar, you guys. Sammy Hagar, if you're not Team Sammy, I don't know what's wrong with you. Do you just not like 80s singers? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but so, yes, so absolutely. This is I, what I, dreams are made of. I, I got to know which side of the argument David goes on here. Are, are you team Dave or team Sammy? Uh, ultimately yeah, everything considered. Well, ultimately it, it's so, so tough. Uh, who's the better singer. Sammy's the better singer, but Dave seems like the cooler dude. Uh, it's like the Sammy's the guy you're going to go to his, you're invited to a barbecue tons of beer, all, all kinds of great stuff. You go to Sammy's house, but you turn the TV on and Dave's on the TV. You know, that's, those are the two <laughs> different kinds of guys, you know, <laughs> good call. I both, love that. That's a really awesome. good. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I, I'll give you that one. Good. Kudos <laughs> to that one. That's a, that's a really good analogy. <laughs> so and, I guess team Dave, it, it, I have to give an answer, you know, team Dave, but I'm, you know, I, both of them are great. You know, I can't, I can't take anything away from those guys. So yeah, I, I'm right with uh, Diamond Dave. The second here on our Zoom call, uh, I, I kind of lean towards Dave, all things considered. But yeah, Sammy's the better vocalist. Everybody knows that. But when Dave's in his wheelhouse, uh, he, he's pretty unbeatable. He's he's the better front man, that's for sure. Uh, but everybody knows, Mark, that you're a, you're a Dave hater. Uh, you've been accused quite a few times <laughs> right. on our yeah. Twitter feed and in private messages. Uh, the, the comment's been made, Mark's talking out of his ass. He just hates Dave. And then Ugh, I, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think that's the case. You just, you prefer Sammy and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if I have to choose a side, you know, which again, that's choose. A you must choose. Like, if I choose, like if I'm going for, you know, technique and, you know, style, then yeah, I'm, I'm going to go like for Sammy every time, but look, 
to those of you that think that I'm just a, a David Lee Roth hater, have you not been paying attention to any of the shows that <laughs> like when we have a Dave tune, especially like a really good Dave tune? We just did Panama last week. I defy you to find out a spot in that show where I am hating on Dave. Go ahead, go find it. It just it just seems like uh, we're I'm always gonna run into the discourse between uh, the, the, you can't the win. Sammy uh, team. No, I can't win team Sammy or team Dave. And this is like, can I just have both? Like, no, you must choose. And like, all right, fine. If you're forcing me to choose, uh, I will not, I will refuse to choose, but that's the beauty so you know of this show. Well, you guys, I, I got to interject here because you have one on one thing. And if you remember a couple of shows ago, uh, a couple of shows ago, uh, we did a song from balance and, and you were kind of uh, uh, speculating uh, on the, uh, on the balance uh, album cover. And uh, mm -hmm, I wanted to, yes. wanted to read this to you because this came from Eric Senich, who writes for the Van Halen news desk, uh, who did a, a lovely okay. piece on us not that long ago. And he listened to the show and he said that your analysis of the balance album cover, as far as it represents the trying to get away, but still connected mindset of the band members was pretty much spot on. Uh, yes. and, and, yeah. He, and he actually uh, quoted uh, Alex Van Halen, pretty much saying the exact same thing you did. So for all the people that hate that we speculate, Mark, you fucking nailed that one. And <laughs> Eric from the Van Halen news desk said, man, Mark just hit that nail right on the head. So good job, buddy. Does, does this mean that I am an official expert? I hope so. Cause am I get now, a, can, can <laughs> now when you get something can wrong, shut they everybody up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no, it like, won't uh, shut anybody up. It won't, but I'd be like, look, I don't care what you say. I am clearly an expert. Eric said so because yeah, I was Eric, right. Eric from time. Van Halen's news desk, news desk <laughs> thinks you're an expert. So I, I just wanted to, to share that because he said, uh, by all means, let Mark know on the show that he, he got that one right and, and well, knocked it out of the park. So good job, buddy. Uh, well, thank you. I mean, look, I just I just try to uh, interpret the best I can. And I, thank you, Eric, for uh, following up with that and uh, for – giving me the win there that one i you know love to get the w boys uh but the thing is about this show you guys we're all winners because we're all celebrating the catalog and the songs and the albums of van halen everybody's a winner because van halen are winners that's why we do the show we love it because we love the music we love the bands all the band members it's fine doesn't matter which singer you prefer we all love even it. gary uh, even gary we can have that conversation. Well, I do love Extreme, uh, and that's what I'll say. Oh, Extreme's uh, amazing, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a great band, great band. So, yeah, no hate there whatsoever. No hate here on the show at all. And if, But look, if you do have some things you need to say, you need to just, like, correct me on. Believe me, I, I love being corrected on anything whatsoever. You can hit me up on Twitter, at MarkTheBat, or on Instagram, at MarkTheBat. Go ahead, tweet at me, tweet at us, and uh, let me know your thoughts on that. But uh, definitely, you all need to understand that because Eric said that I was right, I am going to milk that for all it's worth. Uh, but, hey, it's not just me. Corey, where can the good people find you if they want to uh, shout at you about how wrong I am? And, and they do. Uh, weekly, it seems like, but you can find me no. uh, at CD Morset on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, the show Twitter is at Podcastle Rock. Uh, by all means, reach out, uh, vote on the poll. I'm just looking at last week's poll for Panama. Uh, what dreams are made of, and or is this dream over? 54 votes, 
only 90% what dreams are made of. So 9.3% have voted this dream is over on Panama. What the fuck is wrong with people? Contrarians, I swear to God, man. Twitter's nothing but contrarians. Jeez. There's a margin of error somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, there, there, there's got to be. But I, I want to shout out some fans <laughs> that, that love like tweeting on the polls, like Brian Paterkin from, from Ottawa. A good buddy of mine, he, he loves uh, Canadian football like myself. Uh, he, he always tweets uh, on the polls. Tom Armbruster is another one. Uh, Michael Green, of course, has been following along with us. He, he, he talks about the polls. Uh, and we can, the cult of Mariano is growing, Mark, is what that means. Oh, no. Because now it's, no. it's like 10% uh, uh, down votes on Panama. That's the cult of Mariano. He's going to infect this show uh, before too long. But for, <laughs> if for some reason you want to follow me and John Mariano, we're doing an Aerosmith show uh, as well mm-hmm. uh, called Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited. We just dropped episode four. Uh, which is the track No More, No More from uh, Toys in the Attic. So that dropped today, actually, Ooh. as we record this. So uh, if you're so inclined and you like uh, Aerosmith, uh, you know, check out that show as well. But I got to say, Mark, this has been the first show where we've had um, kind of a fan of the band, Van Halen, who kind of reached out to us uh, blindly uh, through our website. And I got to say, uh, David did a fantastic job. Like uh, I'm ready to replace oh, myself Absolutely, with him. Man. I think he should go host the show <laughs> yeah. with you. And yeah. I'll just push the I'm only a fan. He, he did a fantastic job. David, uh, where can the folks find you? And again, thank you so much for coming on the show and just knocking it out yeah, of the man. park. Well, uh, I play in a rock band uh, I, here in my town of Athens, Georgia, uh, called Noise Mountain. Uh, you can find that, uh, I don't know, Google it. It'll pop up somewhere, uh, Bandcamp or Facebook or something. I'm sure we have something up there. Uh, and I play in another rock band called Wild Staley's kind of like wild stallions but anyway not spelled very easily so good luck googling <laughs> that uh, and otherwise you'll just have to find me somewhere so anyways or find me on this podcast when you listen to this episode which you already did if you are hearing me say this well we would love to have you back because uh, and i'm speaking for mark here but i, I was just uh, so happy that you reached out uh, through the website and let us know that you enjoyed the show and that you're happy to come on and uh you did a fantastic job my friend thank you so much for for joining us here this week oh it was a pleasure thanks for having me it was great you see we embrace the fans as long as they're cool but if they're going to be negative or they're going to follow the cult of mariano we just we, we just can't we can't endorse that Corey. you can't leave this show because if you do that means you're stuck with mariano full time and oh, no. then you got to have a respite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would be um, bad. But good, I kid. Call. I'll stay here. <laughs> but I kid. We love Mariano. We love Backtracks. We love Van Halen. That's what the show is all about, you guys. Thank you to Dave once more. Thank you to all the listeners. Do me a favor. Subscribe, why don't you? Uh, keep giving us feedback. We love it. Even the negative stuff. It's fine. But subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell everybody, because we are just here to spread the good word of Van Halen. That's what we do here at And The Podcast Will Rock, and we will rock you later. Later.